Jeremy Pena has set the stage here for Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters in the game. Representing the winning run for the Astros. And Alvarez belts it! Deep to right field! Gets it goodbye! Unbelievable! The Astros a walk-off win! Jordan Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer! And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series! Incredible! Entertainment capital of the world. Center cut curveball, but it was nasty. It's the TC Martin Show. Verlander deals a 3-2. And a cold strike three. TC Martin. And now the Astros with a runner at first for Alex Bregman. And Bregman sends one deep into left center field. This is way back. And it is gone. Alex Bregman gets the Astros off the deck. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Verlander with strikeout number nine. The doctor is now in. Hour number deuce here on a terrible Tuesday. Continuing on with you. You got some terrible Tuesday takes. Hit me at TCMartin21 on Twitter. Or do I got to say X? X? Everyone still says Twitter, Who knows right? what it is anymore? I don't know. I don't know. All right, good to hear from Al Bernstein. Great stuff, recanting and recapping the domination by Canelo Alvarez, as predicted over Jamel Charlo at Saturday night at T-Mobile Arena. Great stuff there. And uh, coming up this hour, we'll talk a little more NFL, Major League Baseball, and a whole lot more coming your way tomorrow. Of course, we start diving into the Week 5 NFL matchups. Uh, Trevor Maddich uh, will be joining us. And also, breaking out the baseball tomorrow. My man Smoke gonna boy join us tomorrow. Dave Stewart. Yes, the what three-time world champion, Cy Young Award winner, MVP, my man, Smoke Stewart, back, and he will join us uh, tomorrow. But speaking of baseball, it all started today, right? Uh Major League Baseball postseason game, these goofy two out of three series. And uh the Tampa Bay Rays had a fantastic regular season, ended up uh as the Number four seed, right? As they trailed Baltimore in the AL East. And, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are still looking for their first postseason run. Got shut out at home today, four nothing to the Texas Rangers. So we got to go out to the jukes box. Uh, the game just concluded. And our man on the scene, our man on the spot, our guy in Tampa Bay, TJ Reeves, taking a little day off from a uh, Buccaneers practice. Well, no practice today for the Buccaneers. So he's enjoying, or did enjoy, or I don't know if he enjoyed, a day at the juice box. My friend, what's going on? Give us a scene. Always good to uh, be with the initials brother. Uh, although the Rays offense currently on a milk carton, I think, after that <laughs> one today. I think I have PS, uh, PTSD officially because I was at the 2010 opening game of the DS, the, the uh, Divisional Series, against the Rangers, and against the left-hander Cliff Lee when he absolutely put the Rays to sleep that day. And now we come back around 13 years later, and some guy named Jordan Montgomery does the same thing as a left-hander for the Texas Rangers with off-speed pitch after off-speed pitch, and the Rays were swinging at balls in the dirt behind them every which direction and failed to score a run. Doctor, I believe... The total is now after the two postseason losses to the Guardians last year where they scored one run, and one of them was an extra inning game. They scored one run, I believe, in 24 innings. We're up to one run in the last 33 innings, the last two postseasons. I'm not a math major. I just play one on the T.C. Martin show. That ain't going to get it done, my friend. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring up Jordan uh, Montgomery because I was at that game, one of his last starts with the Cardinals this year, and the Cubs tattooed him pretty good on a beautiful day there at Wrigley Field, and I was sitting right behind home plate, and you you nailed it perfectly with your description, this off-speed stuff, and I'm going, listen, if... If he, if he keeps the ball around the plate, I think I could hit Jordan Montgomery. And I was, I've never been a Montgomery fan really at all. But, uh, and I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, the, the, the Rays have the, the problems because they're not disciplined, TJ. And we see that swinging the balls in the dirt. That's always been, you know, kind of their demise. And, uh, if they could be a little bit more patient, I mean, they could pound the heck out of the ball. But I think that's what happens to this team, at least the last couple seasons here, you know, in the postseason. Yeah, so they uh, they obviously had a frustrating day today. They got a runner to third a couple of times early in the game and couldn't get him in. 
including a runner in third with one out. Uh, Randy Arozarena kind of got the, the crowd going um, with, a, with a couple of hits, including a double, and they couldn't get him in either time. Uh, so, again, frustrating day. Uh, they will have to try to regroup tomorrow, or uh, it's all flushed down the toilet here after after a 99-game postseason. Now, I, I did hear the doctor say the adjective fantastic regular season. I'm glad that you're acknowledging that when last we spoke on this subject, you had written them off back in July, as a matter of fact, and they ended up winning 99 games. So I'm, I'm glad you acknowledged that. But ultimately, if you don't do anything tomorrow and you're gone, nobody will care about that. Nobody will remember that. So there you go on that one. Yeah, I mean, no. I mean, a team that won nearly 100 games. You know, what, 98 wins? 98, 99 wins? I mean, that was a, a fantastic season, a regular season. But, I, you know, my point was let's, let's, let's hold off. Let's see what they do in the regular season. Now, you know, unfortunately, the, the Orioles are red hot, and you have a season like that, you usually – are rewarded because you're going to have a buy. You're going to win your division. And I got a little bit of an issue with this playoff format. And I understand that Major League Baseball, like all the sports, they love to get as many teams involved or at least competing for, you know, playoff positions, you know, down the stretch of the season. We see it the NBA and I hate the play in tournament. Why? Because, oh, it's going to create more interest. I mean, look at this situation, TJ. You play 162 games. Rays have a great season. And sure, the Orioles had a better season. But how do you really feel about this format where you come in as a number four seed, better than the division winner, and you're in a, it'd be, it'd be okay, I guess, if you're in a three out of five, but you're in a two out of three. Granted, all three games are at home. There's no travel here. But like you said, okay, you slip up. You're, you have a bad game and now your back is against the wall where you need to win, you know, the next two before, you know, Texas needs one and it's all flushed down the toilet. I, I'm not a fan of this. I'm curious how you and Ray's fans feel about this. Oh, no. And I, and I've been against the, the second wild card since its inception, like 10 years ago. They want more postseason games. They want manufactured drama at the end of the regular season. But like in this year's case, the Rays were 10 games better than Toronto and the Texas Rangers at the end of the year. So they should automatically have gotten a divisional round situation, but instead we're going through this whole circus of the first two or three days of the postseason where they have everybody playing, like you said, no travel. It's all Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's date certain to start the divisional series on Saturday and Sunday for both the American League and the National League. I understand why they did it, but where does it end? Does it does it end with now we're going to suddenly start having two more wild card teams? Let's just have everybody get a participation ribbon and have eight wild card teams in every year, so that every game in September means something because you're going to let 57 teams into the postseason. So I, I'm with you on that, and that's not just bitterness uh, from a four nothing shutout against the Rangers. Uh, I, I'm somebody that go. I mean, I do remember that we used to have an AL. West and AL East and NL West and an NL East and we only had four teams. Then they went to the extra division and they went to the wild card and I would have been fine with just leaving four postseason teams in each league, but now we just keep expanding it and expanding it and it does cheapen the end of the regular season because you have a Texas Ranger team that's an equal and a Toronto Blue Jays team again that's an equal that were ten games back of the Rays in the wild card race. Yeah, no question. T.J. Reeves in the parking lot there at Tropicana Field, and <laughs> and, for, uh, and for the record, Nubchuck and I were taking wagering because you're in Vegas. I have not moved in the entire conversation. <laughs> I haven't moved yet, so okay, we'll, so we'll see what the over is on if I move a car length before we're done. I've never been to that stadium. I've never been in that parking lot, so I have no idea what it's like, but. Here's the thing, my friend. All right. And, and people are going to be talking about this. And I think they already are talking about this, but it is the Rays. It's this stadium. It's, it's ugliness and everything there. The attendance today for a playoff game for the team that had nearly a hundred wins, 19,704. 19,000. Yep. Embarrassing. How can you not be home already, my friend? How can you not be enjoying happy hour or having a steak dinner right now in the second course? This game ended a half hour ago. Why are you still in the parking lot with only 19,704? I'm, I'm contemplating that as we speak. We, <laughs> yeah, with the Rays offense, we should have left in the sixth inning because we wouldn't have missed anything. But look, the bottom line is stadium is in the wrong location. And guess what? Their new idea is to build a new stadium in the same 
essential complex of where I'm sitting right now. And the reason that I'm sitting, the bulk of the reason I'm sitting, is most of the people that are here are going back across one of the bridges to go into Hillsborough County to go into Tampa because that's where most of the fan base is. There is some in Pinellas County that's much older, much sleepier, and doesn't come to the games. But this is, yeah, I mean, this this is because, uh, again, the stadium's in the wrong place. It should be in Tampa, and I'll believe that they are building it here when I see construction, when I see shovels in the ground, and I see it happen again here. So, I mean, because for the record, the hockey team, again, sells every ticket to every game in downtown Tampa, 20,000 strong. You will never ever convince me that if this playoff game today wasn't in a stadium right beside that hockey arena, that there wouldn't have been thirty-five or 40,000 people there, whatever the capacity is going to be at the new stadium. But instead, you struggle to get it half full today because you're in the middle of the day on a weekday, and a lot of the people that are in Hillsborough County didn't brave the traffic and didn't come over here. It's in the wrong location. See, that, that is a very interesting take. So really, that is, I mean, people always want to rip the Rays and they say, hey, the Major League Baseball should get them out of there because uh, you know they've had very good teams, very uh, competitive teams, exciting teams, but they can't draw. And, and even watching those games, you know, from the television, it just looks ugly and drab inside there. Is this 100% a stadium issue, why this team isn't drawing? Or is it, now, I had somebody ask me this or actually told me this, there's Saying, oh, you know, you know, Tampa Bay is just—it's just not a baseball town. I mean, you know it better than anybody. What? Not true. Okay, so not it, true. It, it's it really is a location. People will stay away, even though you have a nearly a hundred win team, and this is the postseason. It's do or die, and they won't go because of the stadium and the location. Primarily, yes. Uh, I mean, again, hockey is distant in terms of baseball fandom in this market, and the hockey team has no problem and has not for the last four seasons, filling every seat for every regular season game and every postseason game. So that, there's your confirmation that there are, I mean, there's four million people in the greater Tampa Bay area. So there, there aren't enough people in this area that want to come see the game, or is it about where is the stadium located compared to where a lot of the consumers, the people that would buy tickets are, and you're on in the middle of the day and it's on TV. So a lot of people chose to sit this one out um, uh, here this afternoon. And again, there's a lot for the, for the dollar here because the Lightning are about to start playing hockey again. And a lot of people have, have paid a bunch of money for those tickets in tough economic times. Oh, by the way, we'll probably get to the Buccaneers in a moment here real quick. Uh, they're three and one. They are an expensive ticket. So you, you got to make some choices on, uh, on part of it. And this was not a cheap ticket today, by the way. When I'm looking at, I'm not complaining their first world problems, but you're looking at outfield tickets that are $75 a pop. $75 a pop to sit in the outfield, not the box seats, not the doctor's seats behind home plate like you're talking about. Of course, you're on the Dusty Baker arm on that. Who are we kidding? But when you're charging... That, that was Chicago. That, that was Chicago. That, 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 Dusty had nothing to do with Chicago. I was on the Kyle Hendricks arm for that. Remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Clarify whose who's tab you're on. Yeah, I understand. You got no problem but, with that. Hey, uh, the, the bottom line is that the product has been more than good enough to deserve more people, and it's just crazy that they're going to attempt to build this thing if they ever do. And I still say capital letters, bold, underlined, if they ever attempt to build it in this same location, because the clock is ticking on the lease being up here in 2027, which is only a scant four years from now, where they can get out of here and go try to move to Nashville, Charlotte, or wherever, so it all, it all remains to be seen. By the way, for the record, I believe five minutes later, I still have not moved in this parking lot. <laughs> so despite, despite what, what few people may have still been left in the ninth inning, and I would say there were probably about five to 7,000 people left in the ninth inning, apparently all of them are impeding Grandpa Reeves and I oh. and the exit out of Tropicana Field. Thomas J. Reeves Sr. Hello. Unbelievable. Five, I hear what he said. Five to seven thousand left in the ninth inning of game one of the playoffs. That's embarrassing. Downright embarrassing. Okay, let's go to the Buccaneers. A better subject. All right. My friend TJ Reeves, the sideline reporter for the Buccaneers, uh, took care of business against the Saints in New Orleans um on Sunday. 26 to 9, my friend. And uh Derek Carr, there was a Derek Carr sighting. Give me give me your take on uh on the performance by the Bucks. Several takes. The first one is uh how many uh pundits are eating words already 
that believe things like worst team in the NFL, three-win season, four-win season, not going to do anything without Tom Brady. Uh, so far, how does it look through the first four weeks of the season? They've got three wins, and that was very impressive on Sunday. I think it speaks volumes that, that Dennis Allen and the Saints wouldn't go with Jameis Winston, especially against his old team, and instead are trying to play Derek Carr, uh, who's got a bum shoulder. And uh, the bottom line is Carr couldn't throw with a lot of velocity down the middle of the field. He wasn't even trying it. I did throw it long a couple of times, but they were greatly restricted to like one- and two-yard passes, et cetera, et cetera. So it was bad from the Saints, but a lot of that had to do with the Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield has been good. And, and the Buccaneers played complimentary football with takeaways, with turning uh, red zone opportunities into touchdowns. And lo and behold, this team, very relevant early on for what it's worth. You've only play, Everybody's only played four games, which are three and one, so much so that the NFL has now moved the Lions game off the bye week to a late start so the doctor can, can get his croissants and his juice and everything going on Sunday have his breakfast, have everything going. And now this will be a later game out in the desert and out in the West for Buccaneers and Lions coming in two weeks off the bye week here because they've moved that to one of the later games because they see something right now. They see the Buccaneers are good and the Lions are good. And who had that at the beginning of the year? Well, let me tell you, TJ Reeves, I will be in uh, New York City, Brooklyn to be exact, uh, for, for that game. So I'll, I already have downed the orange, jo- orange juice, and I'll probably be having, uh, who knows what, a steak sandwich or uh, Nathan's hot dog or something like that, or, or a few of those uh, at the Barclays Center. So I'm going to miss that game, unfortunately. So, wait, you have, you have game one, game two this weekend, yes. and then are they not playing the next games of the finals until the following weekend? Well, yeah, so it goes game one Sunday, game two Wednesday, game three New York Sunday, which, which you're talking about the 15th, and then game four Wednesday. You gotta remember, you're, you're at the hands, the WNBA's at the hands of ESPN and ABC, and as we know, uh, college football and Monday night football reign supreme, so you can only play on those nights to get that television coverage. So it is definitely spread out which is really a great thing for these teams because you know with the cross-country travel and everything the uh, both teams are relatively pretty much healthy and so there's no excuses so you're going to see some fine basketball and some well-rested players well and the one thing that i would have concern switching over sports is that's a long layoff correct for the aces what are you looking at before game one like eight or nine days yeah that you haven't played and it's not much better for the liberty but that, that tends to, to make me think, and the NBA does this too in the summer. This is their pattern too. Hey, let's just take 10 days off and see if the basketball is going to be any good in game one uh, when you're used to playing every other day or every third day, especially in the postseason. So we'll see what that looks like. Hopefully it looks better than the traffic situation I'm currently in. I may or may not be home by Friday morning at this rate. But I still haven't moved. I am not. I've got Thomas Reeves Sr. in the vehicle with me on the Bluetooth. Am I exaggerating? Have we moved? We have not. We have not moved since we've been talking. Oh, to that's you what I was going to do because this is drive time back there. So it, you know what we what do we do on on uh, afternoon drive radio? T.J. Reeves, whether, you know what we whether, do whether in traffic, whether in traffic on the ten. There we go. There the it 10. is. Twenty after the hour. Let's go to downtown Tampa Bay, Hillsborough County, and our traffic man on the spot, Thomas J. Reeves Sr. We're going to senior right now with the traffic report. Hit us, Thomas J. Reeves. We, have, we haven't moved. It is crowded. <laughs> it's crowded, and we have not moved. No moss. It is. Not, there's nothing that's happened. That's that's Listen, the. Uh, I don't know. The here. I, there, and there is your traffic report, courtesy of uh, Dunkin' Donuts in Tampa Bay. TJ Reeves, the <laughs> spokesperson, or the twins. The twins are the spokesperson. Now, listen, while I got you and Grandpa there, I got to ask you, okay, because we're going to hit the story when we come back after the break, but I'm not going to keep you. I'm not going to do that to you. But Numchuck. Oh, I got, uh, nowhere, I got nowhere to go. Apparently, I can be with well, you after the break because okay. I'm in the same spot. So, terrible Tuesday here. Numchuck's, this is Numchuck's contribution to the terrible Tuesday story. He wants to talk about Toy Story. In the NFL. Now, you know where, where right. he's going with this, right? Well, because they were showing it on Sunday from England. Yeah. Because we've always said if the Jaguars are playing the Falcons, you might as well have cartoons on the screen. There so, you go. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So I want to know, uh, or I think Numchuck wants to know, uh, are the twins, your twins, the Reeves twins, uh, fans of the Toy Story, did they watch any part of this game? 
No, negative. Thank because you. they've outgrown it. They're now teenagers. Thank they've you. outgrown it. If they were younger, but remember now, Toy Story appeals to like the under 12 crowd, which is like right up Numchuck's alley as well. So like the under, I mean, mm. the bottom line is that's not us. They, they don't care about us, the middle-aged white dudes. That's not who that was geared towards. That was geared towards try to get the kids and their moms on a Sunday morning to tune into an NFL game because you're using the Slinky Dog cartoon to show us what a first down is. So he, he, I see, understand. He, yeah. no, Numchuck's telling me about Slinky Dog. He's okay. Do you know this? Do you know like, uh, What are you talking about? But T.J. Reeves knows it. Okay, but well, you said something very strange there. You said that the demo is under 12 for that. Is that what you're saying? Oh, absolutely. Okay. That's who would care about Toy Story cartoons. That is who you're gearing that towards. Okay, but, but, and they're trying to get them to drag their parents to watch it with them, especially women. This is not a nuclear secret that wouldn't normally watch an NFL football game. But they're watching with their little ones. That's what they were trying to do. Isn't Toy Story, uh, wasn't it a movie like 10, 20 years ago? No, they've had five of them, Doctor. You but, just haven't had kids in a while. They've had, right. they've had five of them. I think five, and the most recent one was probably three or four years ago. So that's that so, should skew more older then. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because seven, eight year olds aren't going to be uh, care, care about football if they want to watch Toast Toy Story. They're going to watch Toy Story. You know what I'm saying? But but it was but it was kind of blended in as both. You got the cartoon characters uh, instead of the actual players. That's what they were doing for that game on time. I mean, they're doing all kinds of different creative things to try to draw people in. And that was just uh, another one to try to get people to watch on Sunday. I mean, we know that, that most of the people that we're watching that are football fans that are gambling on the game, this just in, playing fantasy football, they're not looking to see if Woody holds up his pistol to show first down on the game. That is clearly geared to the, uh, to the 12 or 11 and under demo which is what they were looking for on a terrible Tuesday. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't need to hear anything about your Woody or your pistol and putting that in the same sense, my friend. you gotta get you got to get educated on a Woody and uh, Buzz Lightyear. And all. I mean, you don't know any of that language, and there's hundreds yeah. and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that has been made oh, no on doubt. all of that. No, so. no doubt. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. That's all i got to say. So is it safe to say that you're not going to return to the juice box tomorrow or for game three? What is safe to say is we could actually park and stay here, and we would be in good shape for tomorrow at 3 Eastern time if we wanted to. And we may or may not be out of the parking lot by 3 Eastern time tomorrow. Are, are you planning on going back tomorrow, though? Not able to go tomorrow. Today was the day. Today was, today the, was day. the day to be able to go to the day game. Had it been a night game tomorrow, but again, the television networks are doing what they're doing. They want everybody to play consistently at the same time. That's why the Twins... And the Blue Jays that are playing right now are also going to play in the afternoon. It's the same across the board for all three days, potentially. So that's why they're doing what they're doing. And I would love to tell you that I have moved, but Thomas Reeves Sr. will confirm once again, tell Vegas, we haven't moved. We haven't, we haven't moved in the 25 minutes of this interview. You know, you said 70, okay. Uh, you said $75. According to, to my main man, Bob Nightingale, all right. The uh, astute writer, he was saying that the Gideon price today, $33. $33 to the Jukes box. Yes. On the secondary market. Yes. On the secondary market, it was cheaper. But I'm telling you, because there were tickets available, the outfield seats priced by Major League Baseball, not by the Tampa Bay Rays, were $75 a pop if you're buying it from them. So... uh, Again, and it gets worse for the divisional series and the, and the league championship series and then on up. And, you know, the Rays, the Rays went out of their way to make that clear in the local media here, in the paper, on TV, on radio, that we don't set these prices for the postseason. What you're seeing for the lower level, behind the plate, where it's 125 130 that ain't us. Yeah. So there you have it. And actually, we do have breaking news. We do have breaking news. I have moved a car link here just in this in this last few seconds. It's <laughs> Okay, so Grandpa Reeves is thinking that we need to do a MacGyver move and go out the back part of the yes. parking lot. Yeah. However, I don't know that I can get there from here because I'm, I'm like, stuck. I'm, like, pinched in. We're trying to navigate. We're trying to MacGyver. Anyway, that's the update. I did move a car link uh, during that last discussion about uh, pricing on the ticket. There the it games, is. Uh, I'm tomorrow surprised the they don't have a, a gas pump no. right in the middle of the parking lot because you've gone they through should. about a gal- uh, two gallons, four gallons of gas already. Ridiculous. I should, I should at this point, but we do not have that. Um, 
Red Paul Reeves is encouraging me greatly to back up and make a oh, okay. make a MacGyver move here. MacGyver. Back live We're, on the TC March. We it. are going to do the MacGyver move, and we'll see who follows us. Because I'm going to be a trendsetter, just like T.C. Martin. There it is. I am doing a trendsetter move out the back of the parking lot and out the entrance here. Of that's uh, what I'm talking about. That, I would like to be home before 9 p.m. Eastern time. There it is. That sounds so, like so a we'll uh, smoking the bandit move. We'll let you go, my friend. Uh, enjoy your driving. Do not get pulled over. I don't want to hear about Hillsborough County Judge, uh, you know, <laughs> put, putting you down or you know, for the night or anything. So take care and uh, sorry about your uh, your raise, but uh, three and one bucks. There you go, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. We are good with that. Always good to be with the doctor. Have me on again, and we'll see what happens. Not over yet for the raise. We'll see what happens. You boys be well. Take care. There he is, T.J. Reeves. Remind me one thing: never move to to Tampa, Florida, or at least wherever that stadium is. All 19,000 people are still there. 19,704. Listen, I've been through some hellacious parking lots with hellacious crowds. I've been in some stadiums that have had nobody in the stadium. I've been at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum where they've had 19,000 or sometimes 5,000 or 3,000. If you got 20,000 or less and the game's already been over for nearly an hour, you're out of there. You're out of there already. Knowing that score. Yeah. And knowing like how they played. When would you have left? Oh, me? You. Oh, me? You. Hold on. Being a Tampa Bay fan. Okay. Not just. Well, let's change it because I wouldn't be a Tampa Bay fan. You mean if I would have had money on the Rays? If you would have had money on the Rays. Because then I would stay longer because, you know, okay. It's a little. Yeah. Okay. I would give them to the. Top of the seventh, gone. I, I let him bat through six because I listened to a good yeah. part of that while I was driving today, and they, they were pathetic. I mean, Tyler Glass now, their pitcher, he had the bases loaded, and he throws one to the backstop, brings in a, the second run. And I was going to tell TJ Reeves, too, that his ballpark cost him the first run of the game. And what I mean by that, there was a pop-up in foul ground, and uh, Nathaniel Lowe caught it for Texas. He, he remember he said a Randy Rosarina. Yeah, he got up and he let him down. Well, he popped out. That would only be a foul ball. I'm sorry, that'd only be a fair ball in two parks: Oakland Alameda County Coliseum, Ricky Henderson Field, and the Juice Box, because there's so much foul yeah. territory yep, there. Yep, yep. Any other park, the other 28 parks, that's a foul ball. And then a Rosarina gets another bat. So that ballpark cost him a run today. I meant to tell him that, but you know he, he wants to go off and talk about traffic reports. I don't know. Uh, Tampa Bay. Do we really care what happens in Tampa Bay? The Bucks are getting a little bit interesting. They're three and one. They haven't beaten anybody. Haven't played anybody. Look who they've beaten: the Saints, the Vikings. <laughs> Right? Of their their three victories. Yeah. I, and I said before, I don't mind Baker Mayfield. I'm okay with Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I'm okay. What I have a problem with is that coaching staff, that head coach. I mean, that's where the problem is. But yeah, Tampa Bay's 3-1. and one. Okay, fine. You beat the Vikings. You beat the Bears. You lose to the Eagles. And you beat the Saints. So let's see. Do the math, my friend. Uh, Vikings have won one game. Bears, Zippo, and the Saints have won, what, two? So, yeah. Three three combined wins. That's who you've beaten. Just don't get too excited. And then next week, they're hosting the Lions. I'm telling you right now, I like the Lions in this game. Lions are playing some good football. And, and that line may not be too inflated. Because you're going to look, oh, three and one bucks, and, and they're at home, right? Yeah. I think I just uh, found one of my first uh, contest plays right there. Did you happen to look at Nightingale's Twitter post or Twitter feed this morning? Not this morning, no. This post about Dusty Baker and his eight years, or in the last eight years. Phenomenal. 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 So that would be what he's had over 90 plus wins, right? Yep. Um, division titles, you going back to, now you're talking about Dusty's 
Dusty's. Dusty, because remember Dusty's, he, had, he had years off. Yep. Okay. So so if we're talking, so about he's the last, had he's had Washington, seven. So we're talking ninety plus wins. That's right. So we're talking. Seasons. So we're talking Washington and the Astros, and then the last couple with the the Reds. So yeah, I can tell you six division titles. Um, National League, they had playoff appearances, ALCS three appearances. Is he over or under 500? Yeah, uh, com- combined. Combined? Combined. He's over 500, but you got to remember he had some heartbreaking first round losses, uh, in Washington and Cincinnati. And then, you know, then the, the Astros. You they, want, they you won. want to take a guess at his record? Um, I'm well. I don't know. I mean, I, t- I think I'd take too much dead air. Here yeah. Right the so, so here, twenty-one eighty-three and eighteen, or twenty-one eighty-three, and then eighteen sixty-two. Oh, you're talking about overall, overall, record. overall oh, record. Yeah, because I know he's won twenty-one hundred yeah. games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I thought you you wanted me to no. add the, the postseason record no. over the last. No, eight no, years. no, no, no. Well, no. that's what you were talking I know. about. So you understand? Yeah. Yeah. Hall of Famer. For sure. Hold on. Talked to him this morning. Um, just wanted to touch base since they've got a, a week off. Uh, they're practicing at Minute Maid Park today. Um, he's, he's watching this twin series very closely. They had practice today. He wanted to watch as much as the Rangers and Rays as he can. Uh, and then obviously the Astros got the winner of the Blue Jays and the Twins. Uh, they're ready to go. And I, I, I told him, I said, I'm a little bit bummed. Because I'm not going to be able to get back there to do my regular playoff run because, you know, I usually bypass the division series because, okay, yeah. you're, you're going to make it. But then ALCS, I got to be there. World Series got to be there. I'm going to miss the bulk of the ALCS. So I said, I'll have to see you for the World Series. And he goes, well, we'll just worry about that when, when, when we get there. And uh, he was just saying how fortunate and how good he feels about this team right now and that they got to win the division and they won that final game and Texas lost that final game. Now, this is another terrible Tuesday. So let's go back to the weekend. Remember the situation. The Rangers led 159 games Yep. of the 162. First place. They're in first place 159 days. Astros three. Astros win. Get the number two seed. Get the week off. They don't play again until Saturday to kick off the playoffs. Got the bye. And then the Rangers have got a quick turnaround. So you go back, and these two teams are battling. Remember, if it ends in a tie, Astros win because they dominated him head-to-head. So on Saturday, the Rangers beat the Mariners. The Astros beat the Diamondbacks. Texas is one game ahead of the Astros with one to play, and they realize that they win, they've got it. What did the Texas Rangers do after the victory against the Seattle Mirrors in Seattle Saturday night after they won? They watched Houston? No, they no. did not. They might have done that, but they kind of playing at the same time. So, no, they didn't do that. I know if like it was a different timing game. I'll give you one more guess. I just laid out the situation for you. They celebrated. They celebrated. They popped champagne. They were going ballistic. Why? Because they clinched a playoff spot. That playoff spot ended ended up being the sixth and last seed. The The Astros clinched the playoff spot that night. Okay? The same thing. And what did the Astros do? They took a toast on Saturday night. They took a toast, said, okay, we've clinched the spot. You know, let's, we got one more to play tomorrow. Let's hope that Seattle beats the Rangers and, and we win. Let's just take care of ourselves. Texas, that same night, is popping champagne because either A, they were so happy because they haven't been there before, right? All right. They hadn't been there before, so they popped the champagne, and they thought they were going to win the next day. The Astros just did a toast. So what happens? The Astros win. 
The Rangers lose on Sunday, and now they're hungover. That's probably why they scored zero. They scored zero. What's going on, Bruce Bochy? What's going on with all this nonsense? Horrendous. And if you see the Alex Bregman post and toast. Now, this is after they won on Sunday. A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Strohs didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. How gold is that? That was just a straight F you. That was a straight F you. (laughs) That was. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to break with that bad boy. Because that that was a situation. They both clinched at least a wild card spot. But one team's been there before. One team hasn't. One team's partying up, hungover. They score zero the next day in a game they needed to win. The Astros just did a, a minor toast. And they win. And so when it was all said and done Sunday, when the Astros get the number two seed and the Rangers six, Alex Bregman said it all. A lot of people were wondering what it was going to be like if the Strohs didn't win the division. I guess we'll never know. All right, let me put some water on your ball. More from the master debater. See, Martin, you'll never know what comes out of this guy's mouth. I'm guessing this is Toy Story since we you talked got about a friend in me. Who's this? Randy Newman. You got a friend Randy Newman? In me. Randy Newman. Cars? Cars? Randy Newman? Randy Newman. Road look rough ahead oh. miles and miles from your nice All right. warm bed. So the NFL did this Toy Story thing with the game, the Jacksonville-Atlanta game. Pathetic, pathetic. And again, I'm not getting up at 6.30 in the morning. I'm not, I'm not dealing with all that stuff. But I don't understand the Toy Story thing. I don't get it. I'm not a fan, as you know, the Nickelodeon, the slime thing. I don't get it. Numchuck, you're a fan of this. So this was a hundred percent better than the slime than the slime games, a hundred percent. And the reason being, okay, the NFL wants to try to again expand audience. It was real. It was real time. It was CGI'd. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, not throwing like slime all over the place and all of that. So stuff. it was the real game that was going on, and they're showing basically. I get very ingenious, really, right? It's it, it's animated, but it's the real time action. It's and- Toy Story style, okay? Like it's you know, and they had Booger McFarlane, hmm. Drew Carter, and Pepper Presley, who Pepper Presley, Pe- Pepper Presley, Pepper, yeah. yeah, yeah. So all three of them were the WNBA. Yeah. Were doing the play or announcing and on the sidelines, and they all were CGI too. Okay. So it was really cool to see. Um, I believe I have a clip. And you were watching this. Basically. I was not watching this. Oh. I've seen highlights, and it looks really good. I say it's terrible Tuesday. It's terrible. You can say it's terrible. It's terrible. Here's my thing. I'm looking all over. I can't find one bad thing about it. And we don't know how many people watch this because what, this is on. It was on Disney Plus and yeah. ESPN Plus. Right, right. These kids have no idea what they're watching. The game is in Andy's room or whatever. I, no, I'm not a big Toy Story guy. Who was Tom, was that? Tom Hanks. It was Tom Hanks, yeah. Tim Allen, Tim Allen. Okay, you know. And I mean, yeah. like, here's one little play. I'm not crazy about this crossover thing. You know, going into the NFL and messing up my broadcasts. Here's the thing. Right. I've seen so many little videos. Yeah. Of kids just glued to the television or their iPad or whatever they have. That is while the parent is watching the game on the, on the big TV. So that's, it's basically they're babysitting and yeah. it's, it's great. So, okay. Here's a little bit. All right. We got it. <laughs> it's second down and one. Bijan Robinson gets the call for the Falcons and there goes the rookie. 
The young fella's got flames coming out of his feet. And Bijan Robinson takes it inside the 30. A gain of 38 for the Falcon superstar. Because of his vision, he saw there was room to the backside. So they're doing it the basically play by play. And, they're kinda, and I'm sure and we got flames coming out of There was flames oh, coming yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so. so, and like, just like the slime game, yeah. this is like the one thing. They did have little explanation explanation videos, you know, showing what punting is and right. showing what, you know, all of that stuff. <sighs> It's okay. like the one bad thing. But, I mean, it helps kids learn football. I don't know if it does. I really don't because it's a one-time thing. It's a one-off. It's not a regular thing. It's not a class. I think you know, this – I'm it, seeing it's that – It's the NFL, what they're trying to do, and make more money. How much, That's what they're trying how much to do. How much you want to bet there Get will be another eyeballs. Toy Story game? Oh, there, there's going to be more of everything. I mean, the slime stuff and the Toy Story. It might not be to- Toy Story. It might be another goofy thing that has nothing to do with football. I don't know. They can do what they want. Big Al, terrible Tuesday. What do you got, man? Doc, I'm waiting for Teletubby football. <laughs> there you go. Ring it up. There it is. <laughs> oh. Unbelievable. Tiki Winky. Unbelievable. Where's Anybody Tinky trying Winky? to defend this. Uh. Anybody that tries to defend this has got to be barred. I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, you're prob- that's probably big. But I called for a couple of reasons, Doc, and I don't, and I didn't catch, get a chance to catch the first part of the show. But I've got some terrible Tuesdays for you, sir. Hit me. First of all, let's go to the NFL. What was the idiot coach? And I don't even know who his name is because I'm not a Bears fan. Nunchuck, I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I don't know who he is. I could care less. What was he thinking about with two and a half minutes left? Not kicking a field goal. <laughs> right, 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 right. Bypass you that, right? Take the lead with a chip shot field goal. Not fourth and one, not anything. You've lost 13 straight games. What are you doing? What is the Giants coach doing? All right, not once, but twice going forward on fourth down. Early in the game, they had a field goal and they, they bypassed it. Had another one, boom, turnover. I mean, r- ridiculous what they're doing here. Not getting on fourth down. Then they come back and oh, now Gano's got a 55 yarder. They'll probably punt. Oh no, drill press hits the field goal. Why didn't you do that earlier? And then the, the pick six by Daniel Jones, embarrassing. Nothing was worse than what we saw with the Giants last night. Downright embarrassing. How does a quarterback get sacked 11 times in this day and age? How does a team get three on their home floor? Or their home court, or their home field, or whatever you call it. How does the team get score outscored on their home pitch, sixty four to three, sixty four to three? The Giants got outscored. Pathetic. Two home games, forty nil, twenty four three. Do the math, sixty four three. Pathetic. Now I'm going to switch my switch right. my gears back to Sunday afternoon yes. again. To our favorite, to our favorite sport. Our fans at the, our friends at the WNBA. Coach of the year. Oh, no. Coach of the year. Oh, no, no, no. Why no. are you calling timeout to challenge an obvious foul call? Okay, let's back this up a little bit. Okay, so using, Al- your, using, use, using your last time out. You're right. Last time, and here's where the problem lies. Okay, he's talking about Stephanie White. The Connecticut has a shot to actually win this game, tie the game. Uh, down three, six seconds to go. They blew a lead again uh, against the Liberty, and it's do or die. They need to win to advance. Uh, and they need to keep the series alive. And Liberty ends up winning. But here's John Quell Jones playing bully ball like she does better than anybody else, and little Tiffany Hayes at about five foot nine. And Jones comes down with her elbows to the chops of Tiffany Hayes. They call a foul on Tiffany Hayes. Tiffany Hayes did nothing to foul John Quell Jones. Didn't impede her. Nothing. Reaches over. Clocks her. Hayes goes down face first like a ton of bricks. This one official calls a foul. Oh, it's going to be on Jones, right? No, it's on Tiffany Hayes. Or there should be no foul whatsoever. And then so I understand why Stephanie White went and and, uh, and challenged that because it was not a foul on Tiffany Hayes. But however, you do risk, like you said, with not um, you know losing your last time out. But I don't blame her for challenging, but here's the, where the problem is. 
the WNBA has the policy of who makes that determination, Big Al. The three officials, they gather around the monitor, and I see it night in and night out, right? Right in front of me. And it's not like, oh, let's go to New York, or let's go to Toronto, or let's go somewhere else and have someone, you know, overturn it. They said, well, there's really not enough evidence to overturn it, and this bozo made the call, so I guess we're going to have to keep it. Ball game over, season over for Connecticut, game changer right there. But that you got to back that up because there's no way in the world that was a foul on Tiffany Hayes. Well, I don't know about that. But what do you mean you don't know about it? I'm not there gonna, was no foul. I'm not going to question about the foul, but I'm not going to question. I, yeah, there's no question. There were, it was a mob scene. It was a mob scene in the paint. <laughs> right. Okay, first of all, okay. Now let's go back to after they, after they hit the three, and there's 6.8 seconds left. Yeah. They got to inbound and go court and go and go ninety four feet because they don't have a timeout right to advance the ball. So what does the person who got the most votes for MVP in the number one position do? Dribble into the paint for two. It doesn't even take the two. Lovely when you need three. So I'll correct you there. You're that ab- is you're- that is absolute brainiac yeah. at its best. Okay, you're you're absolutely right. However, that was not Alyssa Thomas. Alyssa Thomas was was sitting uh, standing at the three point line begging for the ball. That was Tiffany Hayes, the one that got her bell rung by John Quill Jones. Maybe she was so discombobulated, but that was her. A, I don't know why she's got the ball in her hands unless she's going to dish it over to Thomas or Bonner. But Hayes goes all the way in the paint, gets on the baseline. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, uh, unbelievable. Just again, uh, you, bad drop, and not even attempt the shot. Correct. No shot. No shot. The last six point eight seconds. Correct. You know how many? You know how many shots in the NBA would have went off? Yeah, probably in three point eight seconds. Yeah, about three. Probably three. Correct. Uh, probably three. The one thing, one thing we will agree upon, Doc. The WNBA officiating. Hmm. <laughs> makes me want to stand over a urinal and puke. Was that Lucille, the Giants mascot, San Francisco Giants mascot, Lucille? I don't know what that was. Okay, buddy. Ah. Man, good thoughts. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was. That was a bad ending. I am. I concur with you. Now, explain more. to me. Explain to me why the Bears coaches still have jobs. Oh, uh, man. Hey, you, you can make and that the case analytics for guy. Where's the analytics guy they pay? <laughs> I know. Every week Can't we see bonehead. Go, moron. Bo- bonehead decisions over and over and over again. All right, brother. I appreciate and these guys. And these guys get paid. All right. Oh, wait a second. And I love, and I, and you know, I love the Kansas City Chiefs. I love watching them play. One more thing. Patrick, why don't you just go up two scores? Just go up. No, for, no, no lakeside. No lakeside slide, slide, slickety slide. Forget about your troubles from nine to five. Don't get me wrong. I, I got no action, no teasers, no nothing on the game. Just go over the goal line. You could have went in. You could have walked in with your, you could have walked in backwards. It didn't matter. Agree. If you go up 10, it's still two scores. What's the difference? No, no. No, no. We're going to slide and take off the betters, but I'm sure he wasn't even worried about that. But a lot of people were, unfortunately. We we know it. All right, brother. Appreciate it. Appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll, we'll, we, I know you'll be listening over the weekend, too, man. Appreciate it. Oh yeah, we're looking for looking looking forward to Sunday. You got it, bro. All right, let me end the show here on um, a couple sad notes here. One, Tim Wakefield passed away uh, of Alzheimer's. I believe Tim Wake uh, brain cancer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Brain cancer. Fifty six years old, I believe. And um, the news was broken by Kurt Schilling. Now I know they're buddies and everything, right? Schilling. Announced that he had cancer. Yeah, against Wakefield's will. Will. Yeah, he didn't. His, want, he didn't, yeah, want, he didn't, didn't want, want people, people to know. know. Yeah, and uh, I know that uh, Kurt Schilling's taken a lot of flack, a lot of abuse, you know, for this. And again, that's that's something you got to step off of, step out of, and just you know let that be a family thing. And in you know, in defense of Kurt Schilling, he's probably thinking that he's he, he he's doing. 
you know, he's alerting people, but yeah, that's, that, that's a sad story. And I don't know. Yeah, Tim Wakefield, one of the great knuckleballers, man. Uh, Charlie Huff, Tim, Tim Wakefield, uh, Wilbur Wood. Love those knuckleballers. Tim Wakefield, good guy, but unfortunately he passed away over the weekend, age of 56. And sad day in Green Bay. Um, I'll tell you a quick little story here. John Gordon died. John Gordon died Saturday in Green Bay. He was 83 years old. John Gordon is the guy who designed the iconic Packer logo, the G. The logo, the G, the G on the helmet. It's not really hard. It's a G. Okay, that's it. Stop it. Okay. I know you're a Bears fan. Stop it. You got a C over there. Okay. No, this is a sad story. I'll tell you why. Because he was beloved in Green Bay. And um, he was an art student at St. Norbert College in 1961. He was 19 years old. He was an assistant equipment manager under uh, Gerald Dad uh, Brashear. All right. Called him Dad. So Dad had a meeting with Vince Lombardi. 1961, and he came down with a piece of paper and said, yeah, Vince wants uh, wants a logo, and uh, he, you're an art major, right? Here, why don't you give him a piece of paper? It says, go design a logo. Vince wants a G in like a football or something, you know, so something to do with that. Go ahead, knock yourself out. 24 hours later, John Gordon comes back with the iconic Packer logo. Now, is manipulated a little bit because it was a kind of the shape of the football. But if you look at that G, then it turned into an oval shape. Yeah. He's the one that created it in the Packers hall of fame. It is in the Packers hall of fame. Um, you know, his sketch. And, uh, he was an art teacher at Parkview middle school where I have been numerous times. Uh, I was also a professor at St. Norbert college. Been there so many times. A uh, funeral at Faith Lutheran Church, which I've been there several times. I was actually at my dad's church uh, tomorrow. So sad day in Green Bay. John Gordon passes away at the age of 83. The creator of the iconic G, the Packer logo. Go, Pack, go! What's that piece of paper you're showing me, Numbchuck? I drew the symbol. I, I drew the logo. You did. You did. It I took, did. It took you about I mean, ten seconds. It took me about ten seconds. You got to admit, though, it's twenty four hours. Take your take your bear phantom away. Classic logo, isn't it? it no, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I mean, just like the C is a classic. Right. And, it is. And I love the sim- simplistic form. But isn't it kind of cool to hear these stories about how no, this stuff originated? Very... And I'd be curious, like how the C originated for the bears. Yeah. You know. You know where did the Patriots logo come? The guy in the three point stance. I miss you know? the old one. Yeah. That, that's... Or the Steelers logo, you know, on one side of the helmet. But, you know, that that gold and white logo with a little red in it. All right. I want to thank Al Bernstein for joining us today. TJ Reeves live from Tampa Bay. Tomorrow we're right back at it. Oh, yeah. Trevor Maddich will be joining us. Dave Smoke Stewart. Look forward to that. We talk Major League Baseball. Get ready for week five of the NFL and college football as well. Plenty of that on tap. Go to the website. Check it all out. TCMartinShow.com. Aces, get ready for the Liberty. A week of practice and ready to roll. The matchup we've been waiting for. Game one, WNBA Finals. And yes, all three games sold out. The Michelob Ultra Arena. Game one Sunday at 12 noon. Looking forward to that. Back at it tomorrow. Have yourself a good one for Numbchuck TC saying, see ya.